Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February night show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage experts, bringing in extra advice and inside knowledge on events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. And if you're hearing our show at a, t- a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect with the guests that we have on the show. And if there's any questions that you have for them, you can call the show at one 855 1150 Again, that's one 855 1150 or online at and the lineup for today's show, we have Tyler McKenzie of John L. Scott, West Seattle, adjusting to new market conditions. Also in studio, we have Noemi Chaparro of Secure Advisors Northwest. And we're talking about financial wellness. And last guest in studio, Karen Koenig, Woman on Top. How to Win in a Woman's Way. Very excited for today's show. Great information and great guests in studio. As always, if uh, you have any questions or want to connect with our guests, you can control the show at one 855 411 or online at com. And let's start out today with a little money chat. Money. Money. Well, Keelan, we're getting ready to fly out first thing on Monday morning, and so it's going to be interesting. 6 a.m., I think. 6 a.m., 6.30 in the morning. Or your flight's different than I mine. I think mine's at 7, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting with the new blizzard coming in on whether or not we're going to make it out of Seattle to Texas. We're going there for Gateway's uh, sales rally, and so it'll be really exciting. Of course, my name will be mentioned. I get to go to Cabo for President's Club, so Rock that's star. nice to... Woo-woo. So really excited about that. I want to give a shout out for Gateway, just everything that they uh, they do for their employees and for their sales team, which helps us to really be the best that we can uh, for our clients. And speaking of the snow, how's things going with you, uh, with the fam and... Uh, you know, London, is this her like first real snow? It is. We, uh, she had her first snowman. That was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And she wants a daddy, daddy snow, snow daddy. So <laughs> she was all excited about it. But um, getting cooped up in a house with a crazy three-year-old can be interesting. And uh, it looks like it might be more snow coming. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a little crazy. Yeah, I'm a little, yeah. little I read a... Um, an article about a, it was a UW professor about all these different... I don't know what the heck you call them, but the European method and this method, uh-huh. and they're talking like we could, I mean, this is pre-recorded, so it's Thursday now, but on Saturday when people hear this, we might be like a foot deep and then a second one on Monday, and uh-huh. good luck to us flying out to oh Dallas. Oh my gosh, and before the uh, the show, we were actually talking with our agent expert, which we're going to bring in here as our first guest a little bit later, but talking about how actually the snow affects what's happening in our real estate market, which makes sense. And so let's remember to ask Tyler that when we bring him, uh, when we have our interview with him, because that's kind of crazy and it makes total sense. Yeah. Anything else that you have for Money Chat, Keelan, or is it just really all about snow? Not really. It's 
all about snow on yeah. the mind. And, uh, and everybody, uh, listeners, be safe out there. Get yourself food and water and flashlights mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, knowing Seattle, it'll probably fall right in her face and it'll rain and nothing will happen. But <laughs> at, um, at least uh, you're prepared, you know, exactly. if it does, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, just uh, something really on a little bit of a uh, money side of it. I wanted to talk for a couple minutes just about the uh, Fed's fund rate, the prime rate, and mortgage interest rates. The Fed's rate, uh, funds rate is the interest rate banks charge to each other uh, when lending for reserves um, for overnight uh, uh, funds for overnight. The prime rate is based on the Fed's fund rate. It is used to determine the cost banks will lend consumers for short-term loans. So that's for your credit cards, your car payments, your home equity line of credits, personal line of credits are all based on prime. Mortgage rates are based on how the Fannie Mae 30-year bond is trading, which a lot of times consumers don't understand that they feel when the Feds increase the Feds fund rate, which then increases the prime wage and increases the short-term lending, that that has a direct effect on mortgage interest rates. And so I wanted to bring that in here today because uh, mortgage interest, the the prime, the last time that the Feds increased prime was in December. And it's December 20th. It went up to... Uh, from five and a quarter to five and a half, which, by the way, it's the highest that it's been since 2008. And mortgage interest rates on uh, November 9th, since November 9th of 2018, they continued to decline. Uh, We saw, depending on the date that you look at, the high 5% into low 5%. And now we've kind of been around the low to mid 4%. So I wanted to bring that in because just as a reminder, again, that mortgage rates do not follow uh, the feds and what is happening with prime. The uh, responsibility for the feds is, you know, to keep a balanced market out there. So mm-hmm. there are, they'll, they'll put out comments of what they're anticipating to do with the feds fund rate, which is going to affect prime to kind of test and see what's going to happen in the markets, mm-hmm. how the stock market's going to be affected. We're actually going to talk with an expert um, as our second guest today, uh, Noemi, and kind of what's happening in that arena. But um, so depending on how the consumers react to their announcement, then they'll actually decide whether or not they're going to move forward with what they're saying that they're going to do. Yeah because they're kind of testing the market. So um, since mortgage rates are based on how the Fannie Mae bond is trading, which typically is going to be opposite of the stock market, if the markets are not really affected by the fact that the feds are saying that they're going to increase prime, Mm -hmm. they're still investing in the stock market, there's not lack of consumer confidence or it doesn't make them nervous, then nothing good's going to happen with the bond markets because the investors are investing in the stock market. But if the um, investors are concerned about the feds possibility of increasing prime, now they're nervous. So they're going to pull out of the stock market, they're going to go into the security of the bond market, which mm-hmm. means the Fannie Mae bond increases, which means mortgage rates go down. So just a little behind, a little bit there, which is kind of helpful in knowing what's happening on why mortgage rates are going down when the Feds have increased prime. So that's Money Chat today. Coming up next on The Money are adjusting to new market conditions. Tyler McKenzie of John L. Scott, West Seattle, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. It's true, many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than preparing for retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, Karen Koenig agrees, and she'd like to help. Hi, I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Karen Koenig. 
Together we can give your long-term retirement strategy the intention it deserves. Contact our office at 425-355-3054 or email me at karen.kernig at edwardjones.com. That's K-A-R-E-N dot K-O-E-N-I-G at edwardjones.com. Again, the number is 425-355-3054 or Karen Koenig at edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Hi, this is Eric Tinglem with Trident Realty Group Northwest. For a free complimentary comparative market analysis of your home, feel free to call me at 253-224-7170 and we can find a time to meet and discuss your options. That's 253 253- Two two four seven one seven zero. You're listening to the Money Hour with your host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM eleven fifty. Now back to the show with local mortgage experts Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. And you're a local mortgage expert right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 9th show. It's a great day to talk about money. And that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call in at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And our first guest in studio, a regular contributor to our show, Tyler McKenzie, and he is broker owner of John L. Scott West Seattle. We're going to talk about adjusting to the new market conditions. And a little Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks Hi, for joining Tina. us. Hi, Keelan. <laughs> Burr. <Yeah. laughs> and a little bit about Tyler. As designated broker, Tyler is responsible for the supervision of their broker team. Uh, residential real estate professional in the greater Seattle area since 2001, Tyler has been delivering successful outcomes to home buyers and sellers through both the best and worst times in the industry. Tyler believes that. What has helped him to be successful during even the most difficult periods of the real estate and his mark is, is his marketing negotiation and creative problem solving skills, which he now employs in leading uh, their team of top producing brokers. Considered a top leader in the professional locally as well as state and nationally levels, I I want to list some of Tyler's credentials here, and I have to say that he has so many of them, I, I can't go over them all today, but I, I want to give a shout out because really when you know a true expert um, in any space, talking about the real estate right now, um, is really giving back to um, not just the, the people that he leads, but his community and the real estate, um, uh, all of the efforts that you do, Tyler, in the real estate space to help protect uh, brokers' rights and consumers' rights in the industry. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. And here's a list of just a few of his credentials. 2016 Washington Realtors Realtor of the Year and 2016 King County Realtors Realtor of the Year. 2017 Inman News Inman Innovator Awards uh, nominee, Most Innovative Agent. 2015 President, Seattle King County Realtors with over 6,000 members. Vice President of Membership 2017, Washington Realtors with over 18,000 members. And 2016 Leadership Academy National Association 
Operation Aurora Tours, one of 18 agents selected from across the nation and 1.3 million members to participate. Again, just to list a few, as well as owning uh, and being the designated broker of John L. Scott, West Seattle. So, Tyler, before we get started here, I got to give a shout out to my best friend, James Stark, who works in your office. Uh, you employ him. He's an awesome dude. He's uh, I know he's been busy and uh, we've actually known each other since kindergarten, literally. And still to this day, we're best friends. So uh, shout out to my boy, uh, James. But um, let's talk about you, Tyler. So this weather, right? It's freezing. We got snow. It's blowing and it's supposed to get worse. And I know even in our world, we've seen things get affected. But mm-hmm. what what's your take on how this is going to really affect us in the real estate world here? Well, just uh, personally, anecdotally, do not plant plants on a Sunday when a snowstorm comes on a Monday. <laughs> Good advice. Uh, <laughs> learned that lesson last week. Uh, <laughs> great question. And I think it dovetails... Um, Interestingly, with uh, the other regional um, hiccup that we've had over the last month, and that's the viaduct closure, Uh, of course, it's now open. But I would say that um, its effect on the market has been that sellers have been inclined not to bring their properties on the market until the viaduct opened, which, of course, it is now. um, For the simple reason that it was harder to get around town, or at least there was a fear of that. And then that's been punctuated, of course, this last week by the snowstorm, mm-hmm. um, which has just essentially kept people at home. Uh, if there is an upside, I'll give you a quick example. A broker in our office is bringing a listing out uh, in the coming weeks, and she commented that the pictures look fabulous because all of the wrinkles of the property have been covered up by the snow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a silver so there's lining, a silver for lining to everything. Oh, of course, love it's, it's going to suck when the snow melts and the wrinkles are back. Yeah. But, um, you know. We'll save those, uh, save those pictures to show what it does look like in the snow. Well, Tyler, what about from a perspective of a designated broker? What are the telltale signs of a changing market because we've mm-hmm. we've been seeing some of that going on. You know, I really started noticing uh, first indications of a changing market towards the end of the last spring market in mm-hmm. 2018. I'd say maybe the end of May into June. First off, the market slowed uh, down pretty precipitously at the beginning of June, and typically it, we get into the summer before that happens. Um, the details of contracts changed. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've been in this breakneck market now for several years where sellers have really commanded uh, the negotiating terms of contracts. Um, they've been able to really um, um, dictate whether or not buyers are bringing offers with lots of contingencies uh, or without any contingencies, which typically, and I'm sure you know this, Tina, from your own business has been the case. And mm-hmm. so what I, what I have experienced in reviewing files is a return to what I would consider a normal construct between buyer and seller um, uh, in that there are the typical contingencies, inspection, financing, and so on that I had always been accustomed to in my own business. Uh, So I saw those details sort of reappearing in the contracts that I reviewed. And what we experienced were things that none of us in our career have ever dealt with before. I mean, that was crazy. And I think the last time I was on this program, I commented on the fact that there there have been instances where buyers have waived all of their contingencies, sometimes at the recommendation of their broker, which in my book is a huge no-no. Don't do it. Never never advise anybody to uh, waive their rights to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, Help them understand why that might be a successful strategy, but don't tell them to do it. Um, 
So uh, that trend with contracts is, has sort of marched forth over the summer. Things definitely loosened up. Market volume or inventory, rather, started to loosen up. I was seeing, using West Seattle as, a, as an example, uh, inventory levels go from three weeks to 1.2 months to yeah. a month and a half and at 1.2 months. And it's sort of vacillated between a month and two months over the over the summer. And again, a normal market is mm-hmm. um, how many months on inventory? Oh, in my experience in Seattle, metro region, probably three to yep. four. So that would be considered a balanced market. Nationally, it's more four to six. Another observation that I would make would be um, there were a couple of factors that I think were really germane to the region. First being Amazon and its choice as to whether or not it was going to be moving uh, its second headquarters to what I would consider a more affordable market. Um, that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. Amazon's, and this is conjecture on my part, but but Amazon's deciding to open up headquarters in Alexandria and uh, outside of New York City really doesn't offer an affordability benefit to people who might be thinking about leaving Amazon in the Northwest sure. and, and going to those two markets. So I think that benefits our market. Um, the other thing is, is every two years there's an election cycle spike uh, because when you have uncertainty, people become paralyzed. Mm-hmm. They want to see what the results are regardless of, of the ticket. It's not about politics. It's about uncertainty. And I think with the resolution of the election cycle in October, we started to see some stability coming back to the market. We started to see some buyers coming back into the market, um, started to see some multiple offers again. Um and and we're sort of moving now back into the appreciation cycle yeah. of what typically is the first two quarters in Seattle mm-hmm. and the region. Well, with that being said, Tyler, obviously you're doing a great job of coaching your brokers because your office we were talking about has grown substantially. So considering all these changing markets, how do you coach uh, your brokers? Well, I, I think we're my wife and I are doing something right. She's a, she's a powerhouse in her own right. She definitely um, is. I'm, I'm pleased to say that we just doubled the size of our office uh, this last week, actually. Um in the three years in that we've been. Three years of being open. So, Pretty impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. And we have the number one broker in um, all of West Seattle, for sure, and one of the top, she's top 200 out of the 30,000 in the multiple mm-hmm. listing service. So we're we're uh, honored to have her as part of our team. Um, how do we coach our brokers to adjust to a changing market? Uh, it's opportunity. And, you know, first and foremost, especially coming out of this breakneck crazy market that we've had for the last several years. This is an opportunity for buyers, hopefully, to have access to inventory that they might otherwise Mm -hmm. not have had access to, and not necessarily at affordable prices, let's not be naive. But there might be less competition. Mm -hmm. Um, There might be more inventory, and there might be more stability in pricing uh, that they can then sort of be strategic about that than we've seen in quite a while. Sure. So there's, you know, there's room for negotiation. There's uh, more opportunity to get sellers off of their listing price mm-hmm. um, and more opportunity for buyers to protect themselves with reasonable contingencies. And and so my message to our team members is take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, know the market, know how to counsel your, your clients and really, you know, help buyers understand that there's opportunity afoot and help sellers understand that the market might actually be leveling off and this is a good time if they want to realize appreciation to get it done. Yeah. Um, because there will be a market correction. There has been every every decade. 
mm-hmm. for 50, 60 years. And we're right at that decade. And we're right I mean, at that decade. I mean, you look at 2008, we're in 2018. So, And the crazy thing is there wasn't really just, there wasn't something... Um, really noticeable of mm-hmm. what changed that market. So I like how you said uh, counseling or coaching or talking about, um, you know, really being there and, and educating your clients on what's going on with the buyers. And I think that's so critical, uh, uh, Tyler, because I think that's where a lot of agents that are not the industry leaders are dropping the ball. They're not educating their clients what's happening. And it's it's not that difficult in the real estate space when you've got the data, the numbers mm-hmm. and right to, you know, to really assist there. Yep. Yeah. So, Tyler, let's talk about the sellers. What should sellers sellers be expecting um, right now in this changing market? Well, I think they should be expecting to do nothing for the next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't, so don't put your house on the so market because no one's going to come look at it. Let's start with that. Yeah. Um, you know, the historically, year over year, Seattle, and when I say Seattle, obviously, I mean the larger region, mm-hmm. Its market appreciates over the first two quarters, and that can be single digits, it can be double digits, but generally speaking, that's the case. So um, for sellers, if they want to maximize an opportunity to leverage any further market gains, now's the time to be considering getting on the market between now and at at the end of June. Um, But the reality is that a seller needs to sell when a seller needs to sell. Of course. So it could be November, it can be March, it doesn't really matter if the need is there then our job is to help our clients make informed decisions. And if there is a lot of inventory um, in the pipeline, to position the product, their Mm -hmm. house, uh, so that it's starting the game at the front of the line, not at the back of the line. Yeah, yeah. So, Tyler, I want to ask you the same question, but we're going to switch hats here. What about the buyers? What should they expect in this changing market? Well, I touched on that as well. Um, Hopefully, buyers are going to see less competition caveat emptor being that if you're buying a house in a highly desirable neighborhood in Seattle, it's likely to see uh, robust competition regardless mm-hmm. market conditions. Um, but it's an opportunity for buyers to to be less emotional about the process, um, to, to put their best foot forward, and hopefully, as I mentioned before, still retaining the, con- the contingencies that make for a level-headed transactional exchange and just, um, you know, know that there will be some hopefully more inventory available and to go take advantage of it as it comes to the market. Love it. So I've got a couple minutes, uh, Mm -hmm. Tyler, here, and I want to talk to you about some advice um, for new brokers and seasoned brokers as we wrap up our time here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what would be a shout out for them that they need to be doing um, to help them succeed at a higher level? Well, if you hadn't made that lengthy introduction, we'd have another 10 minutes. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, bad. <laughs> this just all shows all about having some laughs. So. <laughs> Thanks, so, Tyler. So, um, <laughs> you know, for seasoned brokers, be adaptable and recognize that there will always be change in the marketplace. Yeah. The market is not static. It never stays the same. And it's incumbent upon you, if you're experienced, to to be flexible and to move with the times. For new brokers, um you know, whatever a new broker experiences as their market when they get into the business is going to become something else, you know, in time. So that is an opportunity to sharpen your saw, uh, gain expertise, and be the expert that your clients need you to be. 
Love that. Tyler, thank you so much for coming back in studio. It's always a great pleasure to have you here. And congratulations again on all the success uh, that you're having in your office. Tina and Keelan, thank you very much. And uh, I will make sure that James Stark gets that shout out as well. <laughs> Thanks. Love that. Oh, and I need to talk to your top 200 broker, by the way. I just started Coffee with a Superstar every Monday. Mm-hmm. Interview the best of the best. And on that note, coming up next on The Money Arm, uh, financial wellness, Noemi Chaparro of Securin Advisors Northwest, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you a homeowner in a condo community? Do you want to see the value of your home increased year over year? Do you wish your HOA had more money in reserves? Do you wish your property manager would respond to a simple email and phone call? Jebediah and his team at On Point Real Estate have assisted over 200 condo owners increase their property values with their high level of customer service and attention to detail. On Point manages over 20 acres of real estate in King County. Jebediah and the On Point Real Estate team is an award-winning real estate firm receiving the King County Small Business of the Year Award, Emerging Leader Awards, and the City of Seattle Human Rights Business Leader Award. Hi, I'm Jebediah Gardner, owner of On Point Real Estate. You can call me at 206-623-1844 or email me at jsg at onpoint-properties.com. Are you a tech professional who wants to get your voice heard in meetings and events? Are you tired of being invisible or of people talking over you? Do you believe you have the talent to make more impact at work but don't know how or where to begin? Are you living on autopilot not knowing where your time has gone? Or do you want to make the best use of your time on this planet? To have a powerful voice in this world, you need to build up your communication skills and courage step by step. To live your life in a powerful way, you need to have crystal clear goals and work through problems along the way until you achieve those goals. D. Gupta of D. Coaching is an expert at unleashing your personal power and will coach you through a simple and easy to follow process that will build up your skills and courage. D. is passionate about firing people up to follow their dreams by walking them through her effective proprietary process of goal setting and follow through. This is D. from D. Coaching. To learn more about me, visit my website at speakpowerfullycoaching.com and follow the links to connect with me on social media. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert. It's right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 9th show. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, our first time in studio, so excited to talk with Noemi Chaparro of Securin Advisors Northwest. We're talking about financial wellness. Noemi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And a little bit about Noemi. Uh, she's a financial advisor with Secure and Advisors Northwest and is dedicated to providing valuable financial services for her clients with a focus of building and protecting wealth. 
With education as a foundation of our process, mutual trust and understanding are created. Noemi is skilled at teaching her clients how to how money works and how fear and confusion often present with dealing in a financial matter. Clients are then able to take an active role in the process and trust that the decisions they make to reach their goals. Noemi brings 27 years of combined experience as a business owner and financial service professionals to her work. Well, Noemi, let's uh, start at the top. How did you get into this finance business, financial wellness? I love that. Yeah, financial wellness is a, a new term, really, in the, in the finance industry um, the last several years. Uh, the approach to wholeness, holistic planning, is really where that comes from. And so uh, I come from a big family, eight, and uh, grew up fairly poor in, mm-hmm. in New York City. Uh, my parents uh, worked um, my mom at home and my dad in a factory. So we kind of grew up understanding that money was important mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how to get there um, and, and have enough of it to take care of yourself was something that was constantly on our minds. Mm-hmm. What I learned from my parents was that you have to work hard to get the money you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older and, and started studying money, I, I realized that there were other ways uh, to build wealth and 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 strategize so that your money can start to work for you instead of you working for your money. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of uh, sparked an interest. I ended up at a bank over here in the West Coast when I left New York City, and I fell in love with finance at that point. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, I think that uh, wellness and, and uh, financial security has many different definitions depending on who you are. And that's what makes this work so interesting. Yes. And Noemi, I've, I've gotten to know you on a, a personal level, and you're, you're just a beautiful woman, and how passionate you are about what you do. I know we, you know, everybody says they're passionate about their work, but um, truly it, it just is all over you. And I know the process that you go through with your clients, but I'd love to share that with, um, with anyone that's listening today. So can you share a little bit about that, Noemi? Sure. Um, when I meet folks for the first time, uh, they come into my office believing that I'm going to ask them for statements mm-hmm. and balances in their accounts. And uh, soon are surprised uh, where the conversation leads. As I start with a question, it's a very simple question. Uh, I ask them, what do they want? Mm-hmm. And so they're a little taken back because immediately they start to uh, kind of analyze, does that make a difference, what I want? I don't have the money to get it, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that, that question leads us down the path of understanding that you can be financially well mm-hmm. if you learn to identify what it is that makes you feel good and what it is that makes you happy. Yes. And so wellness, yes, having a nice bank account does help. A nice nest egg mm-hmm. helps. But it is not the end all to that story. Uh, you can be very happy and feeling uh, completely secure uh, having very little money in the bank if you have the garden that you want to work in for the rest of your life 
or you want you're an artist and you have all the paints and the canvases that you need to you don't owe money it's not mm-hmm. always about money mm-hmm. yes so we start with that question what is it that you want and then you know, follow up with is more better or is just better better mm-hmm. and that leads us to very in-depth conversations and personal conversations about uh, focusing in and and kind of envisioning what the future looks like for them in an ideal world, in their ideal world. Yeah, and that's really key when you're managing people's money is to really be able to um, tailor it very specific to their needs, where they're at in their life, what they want, and their risk and or not. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I like that a lot, Naomi. I mean, I was a uh, financial advisor, as we talked about before previously, and one thing that's in common with that business and this business is it's really, there is all these shiny things and stuff out there, but the reality is you really get to know people and it changes everything because these people live a life, they're human beings, and it's not about all the shiny things necessarily. It's about this human being and their story specifically and how can you enhance that story. And I like how you said holistically because it is. It's like your health. It's got to grow and you know, and you got to nurture it. And whatever that is for each person can be different. So you know, it's important to, to start there. Yes. Um, what about a, a demographic? Is there a certain type of person you like working with or – well, mostly, I, I don't turn anybody away, mm-hmm. uh, but, but mostly what I look for is, is that fire, that passion, somebody who really wants to make a change and wants to build a foundation for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of a demographic, I, I have great passion for working with women. Um, facts tell us that women are going to inherit the wealth of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Just, we actually just, are talking a little bit about women today with our next guest, too. <laughs> just because we live longer, right? Uh, we, and, and we stand to inherit the wealth that is left behind from marriages and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, and this is kind of a, a dated statement, really, maybe a little old-fashioned, but uh, women tend to relinquish the management of finance to their mm. spouses in their homes. Mm. And because we're usually last to die, um, we inherit this wealth, and then we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so that leads to a lot of stress. Yeah. So, um, so the Or pa- you inherit some wrong decisions by not having a part of that because not, you know, really being involved in the entire process. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so um, and consequently, you make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, when you don't know what to ask and you don't know what to look for and someone comes up to you and is selling you that next shiny thing. Yeah. You know, I have the best company. It's going to give you 100 percent growth in mm-hmm. the next year. Yeah. And you dump everything that you have into that. And then, you know, the next day there's some bad news about how that how money that... was stolen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um you can make some real costly mistakes. And so uh, the objective there is to educate mm-hmm. and to tell and, and, and guide individuals so that they don't make decisions emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you make your decisions based on knowledge and fact. You do some analysis behind the scenes to understand what it is you're getting involved in. It's not just about money again. Yeah. So it's it's really great that you have that, you know, the balance of you want to find out what's important to people, where their needs are at, where they are emotionally, but then take the emotional part out of it and get into the facts and the money and what you need to do to help them, you know, reach their, their goals. So what inspires you about what you do, Noemi? 
Well, you know, as I explained, when I have that client come in and they don't really understand the markets, you're, they're listening to what we call the financial entertainers out there, mm-hmm. you know, the TV and, and you know, talking about the, the S&P and how it went up 20 points or, you know, somebody politically made some decision that's going to cost the nation exports. And so then, you know, our big companies are going to lose money and they don't understand how that all works. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, by the time you hear this on television, it's already done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so my inspiration comes from seeing that light turn on when I'm talking to my clients and I've educated them. And they come back to me for a second or a third meeting and they say, you know, I heard so-and-so uh, making a recommendation, but I don't think that's a good step because uh, oil prices are going to go up or whatever that is, yeah. right? And so now they have critical thinking, right? And, and the light goes on and the fear kind of dissipates. Yeah. And that's, that's what inspires me. No, I mean, I don't want to go backwards, but I want to touch on something that I think is really important uh, right now. As far as demographic, people often think I don't need to talk to a financial advisor unless I'm a millionaire. And th- we have this new kind of baby, well, um, younger, I'm, I'm going to be nice about it. We have this, you know, younger age group coming up and are just really not doing anything about planning. And to me, I think it's more important than ever to really invest your time and get educated right now for our future because Social Security is on the fence and all kinds of stuff. It's more important than ever, is it not? It absolutely is. And, uh, you know, in a bull market, which, you know, started in 2010, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we've been, the market has been climbing for 10 years, one of the longest bull runs we've had in our history. And when things are going well, everyone thinks they can make money. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what kind of propels these younger individuals especially. I mean, they, when you talk to folks that are in their 20s and, and you know, early 30s, they don't believe they're ever going to get old. You start talking to somebody in their 20s about retirement and they get a glazed look in their eyes like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the wrong place, right? So, um, but the value of speaking to an advisor – Um, comes in when the advisor can share with you that it's not, again, it's not just about the market. It's about when the market turns or corrects. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Do you have a a plan to purchase a home in the next five years? How Mm -hmm. are you going to guarantee that you can save that money to make that down payment? How much do you need? How much do you have to start putting away now to to achieve those goals? Yeah. So and and it's a little bit more challenging for younger folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally speaking, you don't talk about retirement with a twenty or thirty year old, but but you do talk about short term goals and how you want to get there, and and what if, you know, they, they the big thing right now is this robo advisors. Yeah. And so nobody wants to pay for anything, mm-hmm. right? So that's fine. And you know that old saying, you get what you pay for. Yep. Yep. So if you want a computer managing your money, right, some formula telling you what to do and when to buy and when to sell, a robo-advisor is for you. Yeah. If you have specific goals, unique goals, things that you want to customize for your life, then you need to talk to a live person that understands what's happening in the economy, politically, politically. Um, that's happening with the tax laws, what, what's going on 
uh, with the with the geography in terms of where you're going to buy, where where do you want to go next, how is your employment going to last? All of these things are very important in financial planning. Yeah, scary idea. Not working with a, a not even just a, a live person, but an experienced. Uh, person that knows what they're talking about. So, uh, Noemi, what about um, uh, services? So you you don't just provide investing um, and insurance services, right? There's others as well. Right. You, uh, you can kind of think about it as a three-pronged approach. And there are folks, that there are different needs depending mm-hmm. on, on who the client is. Um, sometimes I uh, have uh, clients walk into my office and they say, I have an advisor. Well, that's great. I, tell me why you're here if you have an advisor. So there are financial plans that we can do, kind of a one-off, that, again, takes a look at a person's life holistically. So now we're not just talking about investments. We're talking about what the value of your home is, right? what your income is, what your debt is. And so you're looking at your entire net worth to understand what your, your lifestyle is costing you. So that's a different approach that can be tagged on to an already existing financial advisor. Yeah. So, Noemi, I've had so many more questions I wanted to ask you, but um, we've run out of time, so I'm going to take us to, to break. But I, I appreciate you th- so much coming into studio and look forward to having you come back soon. Sure. Thank you for having me. Coming up next in the Money Hour, Woman on Top, How to Win in a Woman's Way with Karen Kernig. Right here at 1150 AM at KKNW after this short break. Hi, this is Eric Tinglem with Trident Realty Group Northwest. For a free complimentary comparative market analysis of your home, feel free to call me at 253-224-7170 and we can find a time to meet and discuss your options. That's 253-224-7170. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning, and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're local mortgage experts right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 9th show. We bring in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they affect our local economy. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And last guest in studio today, Karen Koenig. Woman on Top, How to Win in a Woman's Way. Karen, thank you so much for coming in studio. Excited to have a chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to speak to the listeners. 
and a little bit about Karen. Uh, Karen has over 30 years experience in male-dominated fields in the military. Karen rose to the ranks of major and she figured out quickly that you can't command people but learn that you can advise and guide. She then took that experience into the aerospace industry and not only did she advise and guide, Karen learned it was not about perfection but getting the job done well. Not wanting to continue in corporate America, Karen then opened her financial services businesses. There she has learned, along with her other experiences, that success doesn't mean self-sacrifice and to stand in her power and behind what she believes in. All these experiences have shaped Karen to write a book so women can know that they don't have to take a step back but step forward into their success. Karen, we have so much to talk about, but let's start with your book. Uh, What's the book about? So over the course of the 30 plus years I've been in the workforce, I figured out quickly it's not about perfection, but getting the job done well. And success doesn't mean self-sacrifice and to stand in my own power and what I believe in. And then that women need to know that they don't have to take a step back, but a step forward into their success. And we have a responsibility to lead. And when I talk about the responsibility to lead, um, we need to lead as fearlessly as possible, not just for ourselves, but because of our daughters and our nieces, et cetera. And we need to consistently encourage them to, that the fight is worth it, um, from the staggering truth of the Me Too movement to the fact in 2018 we had um, uh, over 100 women elected to the House of Representatives. And that's more women filling seats than mm-hmm. any other year in her story. I love that. But part of me feels that that shouldn't have made the news. And Mm. it's because if we had moved further into progression, no one would care who who were in those seats. Yeah, and I can kind of imagine your why behind your book, but I want to I want to ask you as an author myself, there's always a, a big why behind right why you wrote your book. Um, share a little bit about that. Well, so when it comes to the workplace and or being an entrepreneur, um, women have different fears than men do. And we pay, place a lot of unneeded uh, expectations on ourselves because of feedback, wanted or unwanted from our family, our friends. Um, and our coworkers. So after being in three different male-dominated fields, um, I wanted to just address those issues, which led me to write the book, Women on Top, How to Win in a Woman's Way, whether you've been in male-dominated fields or not. That's really cool. Well, mm-hmm. as our listeners know, I have a three-year-old daughter, so I need a copy of your book. When she, <laughs> she can't read yet, but when she does... You can read uh, it to her. <laughs> yeah, it'll be maybe, maybe like bedtime material. It'll be like subliminal, so right. she just goes and takes on the world. <laughs> Um, let's talk about what are the three things, the three main things that, that we'd get from your book. Okay. So the first one would be, um, it, it's a little bit about perfection and why getting ready to ready doesn't work. Being ready to be ready doesn't work. So, um, you don't need to be a hundred percent proficient. Us women tend to think that we have to do stuff 100% from the top. And my philosophy is do first, uh, think later and learn by doing. And what I mean by that is I learned how to ride a bike. And how I learned how to ride a bike is I got on the bike and I was at the top of a hill. And my brother said, yeah, just pull your feet up and just go down the hill. Oh, my gosh. I didn't ask any questions. (laughs) I didn't ask how to stop. I didn't ask how to, you know, what was going to happen at the end. So I'm going, you know, I felt like 100 miles an hour. 
got partway down. I'm screaming at my brother, how do I stop? How do I stop? And it was one of those bikes where you have to do reverse pedaling to stop. It was back in that day. Oh, jeez. And probably dating myself a little bit. But, um, of course, my feet weren't on the pedals. So they're spinning, and there was no way to stop, else I would have hurt myself. So what Uh did I do? I crashed. Uh And then I ended up hitting my head on, on the ground and getting a great big goose egg. But so it's... Maybe that's not the best story for that, but (laughs) (laughs) I did it, you know, I thought about it and and then I learned that that's probably not the best way to ride a bike. And then the next thing is perfection really isn't progress. So um, you can learn what you don't know. And um, we tend to over credential ourselves a lot of the times before we get started and we waste a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, to overcome that perfection syndrome, I just tell people evaluate what skills you have, write them down, and then believe in the abilities that you have in those areas. And you don't necessarily need official degrees to be like in financial services or to be uh, in the loan business or a real estate officer. Um, but um, just start and then see see what you may need to learn better later. And the second thing that we need to learn about uh, in the book is success in your field doesn't necessarily mean self-sacrificing self-care. So when you need help for it, ask for it. So when I, um, when I had hip surgery last August, I flew my dad in, and but then kind of didn't have anybody else help me. But I had people wanting to bring in food and that kind of stuff to me, and I finally realized it's not about me. It's about them. It's about them wanting to help yes. me. So um, the other thing is you need to learn your boundaries. So figure out what your schedule is and then stick to it. So if you want to work 30 hours a week, work 30 hours a week. If you want to work 35, then do that. But be laser focused during that time. And uh, learn self-care. It's, it's more than getting a mani-pedi. So it's balance in your work and your life. Decide on your family time, your fun time, your exercise time, and your work time, and then block that into your schedule. So there's a financial advisor that um, was speaking at, at an event, and he was talking how he likes to boat. And he boats two, two months out of the year. So he only has 10 months then to meet with clients. And he has 500 clients, and he likes to meet with them two times per year. So that's a 1,000 appointments. So you only have 20 days in a month, really, because of the weekends, because he doesn't work on weekends. So you have he he did the math, and he figured out he has to do five appointments a day Mm -hmm. to stay on track. But because he puts his fun time and his family time on his schedule first, he's able to do that correctly. And then the last thing that I want people to get from this book is you're either growing or you're going. And what I mean by that is there's winners and losers. We have to stop making average be the norm by handing out participation trophies. And winning in earnest actually helps identify what your skills are and mentally prepares you for using them later in life. And I think we're losing that, uh, especially with my my children. When they were growing up, they got participation trophies, and it just made me so angry. And... I don't want any of us to be average women. We're better than that. We need to be great. So what I tell people is uh, track daily, monthly, and quarterly success and then celebrate those successes. We tend to not do that. And then have some type of daily ritual, like reading daily, listening to a blog or reading a blog, listening to podcasts, audibles, and and or meditate. And then the biggest thing is we have a responsibility to lead. Um, lead as fairly as possible to accommodate for the changes that are happening every day in the business woman's world. 
And I joined the military in the 80s when women weren't valued for what, uh, actually for their presence in the military at all. I worked construction project management in the 2000s, and now I'm a financial advisor in an industry that's only 17% women. Yeah, crazy. And you know what? I'm, I'm looking at you and, and hearing all of, you know, that you've done. Um, I know that there's been fears in there, but you've been able to overcome them because we all have them. So let's talk about what fears keep a woman from holding back. Well, I know firsthand because I lived it. So, um, like writing this book and all the steps that took that it took to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got down to the nitty gritty, I got stuck um, because I let mind fear set in, and my brain said, "What if people don't like this book? What if they don't like my stories? What if they don't like me?" And um, I kind of put the book on the shelf for a while, and then came back to it later. So it took me a little longer to write it than I wanted to, and. One thing is, is I had anxiety, but then I realized I had, I was talking to somebody and the symptoms of anxiety and creativity are the same. The sweaty palms, the feeling sick to your stomach, your racing heart. Mm -hmm. So what I found is you just have to take action no matter what. Yeah. And that's really interesting because when you, you know, talk about going and presenting, um, I mean, it's, it's true. It's the same thing. So it's just using that to the side that you want to rather than letting it take you down. So love that. Karen, uh, I just realized the word that evaded me with Noemi is uh, millennials. That's the word, not the younger. Yeah, millennials. <laughs> That's the word that was killing me. Gosh, I just, just We were just come talking up. on the way. He's uh, like, in, like in the middle of that and the silent generation. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. I'm like right on the cusp there. Yeah, thank, right. thank goodness I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. I'll just stop. Um, what piece of advice would you give someone new to business such as millennials and um, that are especially working in a male-dominated industry? Well, first, um, I like to tell them you need to relate to others. Not everything's about you. That's the about them generation. Um, you need to have common ground with your male co- counterparts and you have to teach them how to treat you like an operator's manual. Um, I used to try to fit in and act tough back in the military when I was with all men, but once I voiced how I wanted to be treated, then it really changed the way the men viewed me and treated me. And then just understand that success comes in many forms, but most importantly, you just need to be yourself. And uh, not your worst self, but your best self. And bring your personality into the mix, but overlap it in a way that everybody can be successful. So, Karen, what about um, a woman that's listening right now that's just stuck in her career? What would you tell her? So I would just say analyze the situation. Most likely it's self-imposed. As women, we stay stuck in the same career whether we like it or not because sometimes we think we have to. And we can't let our employees down or our coworkers or our family. So um, what I say is ask yourself where do you want to go and then what's the next step that you need to take? And um, so take the time to either move on in the same career or you just need to map out a new one, kind of like what Mm -hmm. I did. So in chapter one of my book, there's an exercise that you can go through where you look at your life and you compare what you do now versus to what you would prefer to do. Mm -hmm. And um, then where in life are you executing processes in a certain way, even though there is a better way, but you're not being listened to? And um, where in life are you doing work for someone else, but it's not congruent with who you are? Yeah. You know, it's all about accountability and action. I yeah, love your course. message. It's mm-hmm. like saying that I this is I'm here because of me and my brain, which is a terrible 
thing. I mean, we all have that little guy on our shoulder yeah. who says, no, you suck. And, uh, you know, and just shut up, little guy. Let's keep going mm-hmm. and fight the good fight and do what you want in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this show is good for women or for men. Yes, yes mm-hmm. we can all learn something from this. Um, so how do you define and what's your definition, Karen, of success in, in a male-dominated industry? Um, that you just want to hold your own. You want to hold your own by knowing you have an advantage in the workforce. Um, holding your own by understanding the world needs you, your opinions, your actions, your advocacy, um, your beliefs, your moxie, and your unique unique brand of womanhood you present to everyone that you meet. And last, hold your uh, own even when you don't want to. When you're tired of fighting and correcting and educating and standing in your truth for what must change, you have to believe in the power of visualizing the change you want to see and be in the world. Yeah, great ad- great advice, Karen. Karen, thank you so much for uh, coming back in studio. It's a pleasure to have you here, and looks like excited to have you back. Thanks. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Signing off for the day from 1150 AM KKNW, but we'll be here same place, same time next weekend. And the rest of the weekend, weekend be really careful out there, enjoy the snow, and have a great weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.